Welcome to Maps and Meta-Analysis, looking at California cities. Hi, I'm Darvesh Borhead. And I'm Justin Hirsch, and this is Facts and Folsom. A Meta-Analysis. Hey guys, uh, welcome to episode 18 of uh, Facts and Folsom. I hope I got the number right, but uh, I will uh, maybe correct it and post if I'm wrong. I'll put like a little asterisk somewhere. Um, so uh, this week I wasn't there for the uh, city council meeting, but uh, from the sounds of it, it sounds like it was a kind of short meeting. Uh, so I'll hand it off to Justin McLean to kind of go over the city council meeting and Justin will pull up the agenda and we'll kind of go through item by item. All right, here we are. So I'll just go down the list real quick. Um, as Darvis mentioned, it was a super quick city council meeting. So there were really only a few items other than the consent calendar. Um, the beginning of the meeting uh, started off with the um, usual weekly proclamations. Um, this week, it was a proclamation by the mayor for um, July 16th through the 22nd as National Zookeeper Week in the city of Folsom. So we'll talk about that a little bit um, before getting into the new business consent calendar. I don't believe anything was pulled out, so it just passed unanimously. Um, and then under new business, we only had two items this week. So it was um, item 18, which was a resolution to revise the master fee schedule for library services. And that was something of a presentation where um, we got to see how Folsom compares to other cities in the region. And then finally, item number 18, 19, and this is where we spent most of the time for the city council meeting. Um, it was talking about um, basically a request from the Folsom quarter of a unified school district to do a uh, splitting of the fees um, for paying for a consultant to do a feasibility study on the reorganization or splitting up of the Folsom Cordova Unified School District. And the um, details of that we'll get into a bit, but um, we think that that might be the meat of our discussion today on the podcast. So uh, McLean, do you wanna start off with what the first item on the agenda was? Um, yeah, we're gonna talk about the scheduled presentation. Oh no, the, um, yeah, yeah, the-, uh, the we, can, we, can, we can, yeah, yeah, we can go through that real quick. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the, um, this is very, very cool. Uh, the um, schedule presentation of the week was proclamation um, uh, from the mayor to, uh, proclaiming that July 16th through the 22nd be declared as National Zookeeper Week in, in Folsom. Um, we had some representatives from the Folsom City Zoo actually come out and they brought some animal friends with them as well. Uh, they had some ferrets, a, I believe, I believe it was a possum um, and maybe a lizard as well. Um, yeah, and a so, dragon. Bearded dragon. Yeah. That's right. That's that is not a lizard. Uh, that is more than a lizard. But yeah, so they uh, they uh, representatives from the city zoo came out. Um, and why, Kate, um, or yeah, council member uh, Chalum uh, Chalumbera. Am I getting that right? I think it's a uh, Chalum Chiller, but honestly, Ch most people call him YK. Like, YK, I, I know he, yeah. or vice mayor. That. He's technically vice mayor. Yeah, vice I, mayor, I, okay. I think Rorba one time was like just looked at him for like a solid like four seconds and it was like. I was going to try to pronounce your name, but I was like totally going to butcher it. So like YK. YK. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, don't feel, don't feel bad about it. No worries. Yeah. And he, so, and then he gave a, uh, he gave a short speech um, talking about like the city zoo as well. So love, love a little feel good um, presentation right off the bat. Mm -hmm. All right. And then jumping into the next item, um, well, there was a presentation, I believe it was from somebody with the library that was presenting it. Did you catch that, McLean? For the I didn't. Theme? I didn't catch who, but it was someone from the library. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically, this is a discussion that we may have mentioned in previous podcasts and city council meetings, where um, the city of Folsom has late fees um, and is built into the budget, but that's abnormal because a lot of other cities in the region have zero late fees, 
And one of the arguments that was discussed in the podcast, or oh, sorry, we will discuss in this podcast, one of the arguments that they talked about in the presentation. And basically it's an item for consideration to remove the late fees from the city budget and not impose them anymore. Because the argument I believe is on equity grounds where it disenfranchises and disencourages people to uh, get books. And um, I think there was a mention about schools, McLean. Did, did you have more on that part of the discussion? Um, With regards to the library, um, yeah. note. I think one one of the things that they brought up specifically was regarding blocked accounts. So these would be accounts mm -hmm. that had not, you know, returned their book and not paid their like late fees mm -hmm. in time. And so ultimately they get blocked. And one of the interesting things is they pulled up some stats. There was a total of, I want to say it was it was over two thousand accounts in the city of Folsom had been blocked. Mm -hmm. And the amount of children or like youth that had been blocked was like greater than I think an entire elementary school's like you know like population of kids and so that's like a very concerning notion right is that like there's there's an entire like you know group of children in the city of Folsom that are now just blocked from getting books mm -hmm. and so it, it there was you know a lot of questions and concern raised you know over okay yeah we do want to enforce you know if we're going to impose a fine we want to enforce it but at what cost you know are we enforcing a fine um, especially since I think it was mentioned that like fines like from, you know, late books equiv uh, was equivalent to roughly like $20,000 of the city's budget, which is, you know, at a hundred million dollar budgets, it's kind of a drop in the bucket. Interesting. Gotcha. Robert, guess, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd be curious, like how much of it is a matter of making it more convenient to return books versus like actual maybe enforcement in like the canonical way that we think about it because it's also like they're kids so like they're not exactly going to like drive to the library and, and drop the books off and you know maybe this is another reason to have more like walkable communities but that's like a separate discussion um but you know I, i'd be kind of curious like maybe if they just had like library drop-offs at the school like if it if you could just like partner with the school library and like also drop off your books there and then just like have them scanned and be picked up like once a week or like once every two weeks or something like that like whether that would reduce this kind of like delinquency rate. Um, but then again, I don't know. I, I know like the budget is tight. Like, I don't know how that kind of thing would be implemented. Um, I, I guess in a roundabout way, it's kind of a tangent, but also kind of like relates. I know YK has mentioned a couple of times how important it is to have like volunteer coordinators and things like that. And he mentioned it with respect to the, um, the heart program and like all these like homelessness initiatives and things like that, that residents of Folsom are participating in. But I feel like this is one of those situations where, yeah, if you just had like a handful of volunteers just say like, hey, kids, like if you have any like uh, books that you forgot to return, you know, just like just bring them over and we'll return them. You want to pay a late fee like, you know, your parents don't have to pay anything. Uh, we're just going to like make it more convenient. I feel like that would largely resolve this issue and would be a more sustainable solution. I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think. I think um, just to kind of add my two cents here i think the youth one while it's obviously a concerning number i see it as merely an extension of like the adults like we're like miss not missing returns because like you mentioned darvesh and you know until we live in like walkable communities right the children are not response children i would guess at least the majority of children that are checking these books out are traveling with their parents by car because you know the, the Folsom public library is located right next to city hall and it's 
you know, even if you did walk there from one of like the local like neighborhoods, like there's still several like streets with cars and stuff. And so I could see most parents driving their kids to and from. And so I would actually like, I would still think it's like primarily an issue with like parents, like having maybe easy access to return or in their schedules, you know, forgetting to return. And so I still think, I think personally, like targeting some kind of system that could make it easier for parents or provide more leniency for the parents would definitely alleviate um, from the youth ones and possibly from the adults as well. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I guess whatever makes it more convenient. And you're right, like if the parents already have the means, if the parents were the ones that had the means to pick up the books, then maybe uh, incentivizing them to return it would actually be like even easier without having to add any sort of like additional infrastructure. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious what kind of uh, data the... Uh, public library has on the parents and like the issue like I wonder how issuance of library cards actually works if you're like younger than 18 like are you obligated to put a parent on there uh, maybe not because um, I could see that kind of complicating things if like the library has no record of who a kid's parents are or like who uh, you know let's say you have person x who has like three books that are uh, late you know and that person is under 18 like do you are you obligated to have any information about their parents like i actually don't think so like I, or i would think not because i actually the- can answer i believe i can answer this question for you because i was a a youth who checked out a lot of books from the pull of uh, the Folsom public library participated in some of their like summer reading programs as well um i believe the only thing that gets added or at least at the time was like an address and so mm-hmm. you can have multiple like addresses or uh, m- multiple cards on the same address. And so like me and my siblings, when we were like very, very young, we would have our own library cards, but they were, I think, I believe attached to our parents' account through an address. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd be kind of curious. Um, I don't know. This could be like an interesting... Well, I, I, I doubt they release these types of records publicly, but uh, I don't know if anyone from the library is watching. I'd be happy to help with any sort of project. Like maybe in just like a one-time effort to get parents of kids like signed on to the same or you know get them a library card so that the system is like more well populated with examples and you could actually like reach out to to different people and whatnot um yeah interesting yeah i wonder what kind of data they collect because it's like you know if you had like date of birth and you could have uh birthdays kind of calculated and you could say like okay if they're above this amount then maybe they have a car and so they can like help drop it off so we could like email them or text them or something yeah, also, yeah, like text reminders and things like that, like setting up a system. Um, I only know of like Twilio, but I'm sure there's like other software that basically lets you do like automated, you know, text messages and things like that. Um, so I don't know. So yeah, I'm just like thinking out loud. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of, I'm sure there's some things we could think of and there's some things that could be like implemented to improve that program. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, was interesting about the motion was also that, in like the Sacramento area, I think believe Folsom is still the only library that enforces fines on on the late return books. Every every other library in the Sacramento area does not. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see arguments both ways, I guess. But I know yeah. probably one of the arguments that people would use to defend it, at least as just currently, is we are in a very tight budget season and you know, even though it's not a whole lot of money we get from fines, like every dollar kind of counts towards the city. Um, when we were going over the budget, I think it was somewhere in the ballpark of 20K, probably south. Um, but 
like the idea of getting rid of those fines, I think would be more politically feasible if there's some like proposed way to offset it. For example, if there was a sales tax increase, that would like dwarf the revenue that is gained from these fines. Oh, interesting. I, I would think that the the typical argument in favor of the fines would actually be one of like principle, would be like essentially mm -hmm. you're you're instilling that integrity is like not important if you don't enforce like late fines that, you know, like you, you promised to return something and you didn't, and that's like somehow okay or like excusable. I, I, I could see that actually like maybe resonating with more people as like why you shouldn't have or why you shouldn't remove the late fees. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could just be biased in that. I, but I would, I would think that that would be like a, a strong enough motivator. But it seems like maybe for most people, like the actual, uh, I don't know, like the social penalty of not returning the book is like more than the financial penalty and that's actually what like motivates people is like you don't want to like I, I don't know you, you don't want to give the librarian like trouble and so like that's probably like why you return it it's not because you're like oh i have like x amount of budget and like i can't afford to pay like a ten dollar fine for my book or something yeah yeah that's a good those are good points they're very good points yeah but um yeah i don't know i, I don't have anything else, else to add uh, do you guys have anything that you want to talk about with respect to the library fines and stuff. No, yeah. I think we're we're good to move on to the meat of the conversation. Um, so I'll introduce it since I'm talking already. Um, basically, the previous city council um, meeting, there was a special meeting that Darvesh and I didn't cover um, that was joint with the Folsom Cordova Unified School District. And in this meeting, one of the things that was discussed was um, there's conversation going on right now with the school district about splitting up the school district, especially as Folsom continues to expand and add more schools. Um, and one of the things that is required to be done before that can happen, um, which would end up being a um, vote by the school board, um, is there needs to be a set of criteria that is met um, for them to consider that. And the way that Folsom Cordova ended up deciding to go with that is they're going to hire a consultant to come in and like basically analyze the school district and see what the impacts would be if it meets these criteria for breaking up, that sort of thing. Um, I believe the price tag ended up coming up to be around $70,000. And the discussion veered to the direction, um, which we'll get into some people felt like it didn't quite, this wasn't stated, but others heard it was that that $70,000 would be split three ways. So that would be the school district would take one third, the city of Rancho Cordova would take one third, which I will note, they already voted the city council there to um, pay that 20K or so. And then the um, city of Folsom would then take that last third, which that was the purpose of bringing up this item in city council this week was to basically um, have the city council vote formally to um, pay that one third, which, um, I won't bury the lead. They did vote to to pass that and cover that one third, but there was a little bit of a disagreement and it was not a unanimous decision. Uh, McLean, do you want to talk a little bit more about it in the discussion? Yeah, definitely. I think this is a really interesting topic um, because not only were was the discussion like centered or at least supposed to be centered around whether or not we carry out this feasibility study, but there's also kind of the subtext of do we support the idea of the district splitting up in general. Um, and I think that's like, I mean, that in its own right is a very interesting um, topic because every every council member that did speak on it, um, at least that I can recall, uh, had something to say about their feelings about the district splitting up in general. And from what I remember, it was uh, they were, if they weren't unanimous about 
conducting the feasibility study, they seemed pretty unanimous about not wanting the district to split up in general. Um, and so I think that the two kind of per, uh, prevailing like thoughts or yeah, the two yeah dominating thoughts that kind of came out of this were, were one, you know, in, in support of conducting the feasibility study, they were saying that we should conduct the study because one, we want to be good union partners with Rancho Cordova. Um, Folsom does share a lot of kind of like good neighbor, good faith, you know, with Rancho Cordova, mainly through like the school district, um, but through some other programs as well. And so in an effort to like be good partners with them and not like raise an argument or, you know, create like some sort of conflict, they were saying, you know what, let's, let's take the hit. Let's spend the money. Let's conduct the report to show like good faith. But um, on the other hand, and like kind of the other dominating argument was that, you know, we're already essentially not in favor of splitting up the district and we would not support it even if we like spent the money on the feasibility and even if the feasibility said it's possible to do. So why should we spend, you know, the taxpayer money or the, you know, to begin with at all? And I think both points are very valid. Um, I think one other thing that was also there to consider, and it, it came up briefly um, and I'm struggling to remember who kind of mentioned it as well. But the idea was also that, you know, if we conduct this feasibility study right now, it saves us from needing to conduct it for a long time. Like this would set some sort of precedence for, you know, even the next 10 years of we might not need to, you know, reconduct study year after year. Like we can use this as a good point to say, hey, you know what, the Folsom, uh, the Folsom Court of a Unified School District is sound and better together than it would be apart. So those are those are kind of the two prevailing thoughts. Um Darvish, I'm really curious to see, like, you know, or hear, you know, some of your uh, opinions on some of this. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of who, who like pushes for the split usually? Like, is it historically the same people? Like, is it from the parents themselves? Uh, like, I guess, did, did they mention like who it was or was there any like public comment as to like, you know, sides in favor or sides against? Um, it wasn't mentioned at the meeting. I do have some insider info in this subject in general. Um, something I've heard mentioned outside of city council, but my understanding is Rancho Cordova as a like city. And I believe some of the citizens as well do believe that they're more in favor for the split. Um, because I, I think a lot of Rancho Cordova has a, a push to establish a strong self-identity. And I think there's some maybe sentiment that, you know, being attached to Folsom kind of, you know, is maybe not beneficial for their, like their independent image um, as much, but that's primarily where the push comes from. Interesting. Oh yeah. And also like, I guess for podcast listeners, like full disclosure, uh, McLean's mom actually works for the mm -hmm. district. So um, I don't know, do with that what you will. Like he's obviously not like colluding in any way, but um yeah, I don't know. So, so like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll try to remain as unbiased as I can, but uh, yeah, my my mom does work for the the school district. Yeah, um, although arguably he he doesn't like live in the area, so like he personally does yeah. not have a stake. So I don't know, like, take just do with that information what you will. I know that there have been pushes in the past to break up the school district before, and you know, considering the school district is still unified, I think it's obvious where that went. Um, McLean, do you know how many times this has happened, and when the last time was? Because it's been several in Folsom Cordova's history um that's a good question i don't know unfortunately mm -hmm. I, I in fact i'm not even sure how like when uh how frequently it's happened when was the last mm -hmm. time but, but i do know the same as you that it's uh it's been brought up in the past yeah okay 
And I, I've heard it's also been brought up by different parties in the past. So it's not like just this one unified group that keeps pushing it every decade or so. It's, um, you know, changing circumstances between the cities of Rancho and Folsom and then, you know, the school district evolving. That's that's very surprising to me because I I don't know, I'm, I'm just like very curious who this like vocal plurality is, or not even plurality, like just this like vocal subgroup of people who want, who feel like a having your own school district is like an important enough part of your identity because I, I guess if there's one thing that I've learned from attending the city council meetings is that like most most people do not have any interest to, interest in the civic institutions that sort of like affect their life in an immediate way and so I, I wonder what like motivates the parent you know what I would presume to be like parents or caretakers uh to be like so adamant about it um I guess I'm also kind of curious, like, if the inverse has happened, if there's ever been a vote to, like, unify with, like, a like another school district instead of, like, split one. Um, I, I mean, I guess on the one hand, I could see arguments, arguments being made of, like, if you're going to get funding based on student outcomes in, like, certain areas or, like, key metrics, then mm -hmm. maybe it's actually better to split Folsom and Rancho uh, until, you know, like, for example, like, maybe the Folsom side is like good at math like poor at English Rancho side is like good at English poor at math or something like that and maybe there's like I don't know special tutoring or like funding that goes to address like those specific needs or maybe even I don't know something as simple as like uh like you know Folsom has more buses and like better bus frequency and like Rancho doesn't but because they get like lumped in together then maybe the bus frequency looks like average at best and so they don't get like extra funding for like more buses or something like that from the state of California. Like those kind of things I, I could actually see being like a legitimate difference. And who knows, maybe now it's different than it was 10 or 20 years ago, because I feel like the population of Folsom is like significantly different now. And mm -hmm. it's like only going to increase like quite rapidly. So I don't know. I, I feel like you can make an argument like prospectively. Um, I guess I just don't know enough about how funding is allocated to school districts and how much overhead there is to running a school district um like both overhead in terms of pra in practice and overhead uh in terms of like uh i don't know like, like what is like the minimal amount of overhead versus like in mm -hmm. practice like what is the median amount of overhead for like you know your kind of run-of-the-mill school district and there could even be like requirements where for example like if you have like, you know, each district or yeah, each school district is required to have like certain special needs programs. And right now, maybe they like distributed it kind of evenly throughout Folsom and Rancho Cordova. But now that like each place needs to have it, that might actually be like a really high like financial burden on each district. And probably takes like, you know, a long time to like recruit teachers that, you know, specialize in those kind of things and recruit the, like the right people given the population you want to serve. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, this yeah. definitely does not seem like worth the benefits, but I guess I don't know, at some size, I suppose it does make sense. I, I just don't, I really don't know like what that size would be. I, I, I guess think... I would be curious too, if there's more of a political element to this, because I know nationally, at least there's a huge conversation with regards to politics and education. Um, I think it's fair to say that Folsom tends to skew a little more conservative than Rancho Cordova. Recent elections have bore that out demographically. It would be supportive of that theory. Um, and, you know, I guess there's an added question there of like how much control would, if they had their own school board, 
like have over the education of those schools that would then go over to Rancho? Like, would it substantively change the curriculum or like, would it functionally be the same, just, you know, slightly different command and control? I think one of the, from what I've heard, one of the core like contributors to like the, I guess the the imbalance or the pole is like socioeconomic factors. Mm-hmm. Like Folsom has a a higher, you know, like average socioeconomic status. You know, like the median income, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'd have to pull them up. But my understanding is the the median income in Folsom is like just greater than that of like Rancho Cordova. Um, there's higher rates of like poverty in Rancho Cordova as well. And I think um, a lot of that leads to like sentiment level, like you know, feelings driven uh, type of discussions, argument, and they're by no means invalid. Like there's like, I think that's very, very important because um, in the past, you know, it's been explained to me at least, you know, that, you know, there's some feelings that like Rancho Cordova might not be getting as much funding as Folsom schools. And, you know, that's, that could be a like large contributor here, you know, to something like this, where Rancho Cordova feels like maybe that if they had their own school district, you know, or they had more control over funding, they could allocate money in a way that they feel would better represent their population as compared to, you know, because right now, you know, the the school district does have to split funding between both cities based on what they, you know, see as a need in either city and, and, you know, kind of approach equity in the lens that, you know, knowing like some schools are in just objectively richer neighborhoods, you know, namely some of the Folsom schools. And so um, let's see. Oh, interesting. It's about the, wow. Okay. That's kind of crazy that the home price is almost like double. Yeah. The the median income is, oh, actually, oh yeah. Okay. So the median income is like about double. double Oh, sorry. I was looking at the population. My bad. I was like, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. I mean, these figures aren't super current because the population of Folsom is definitely higher than that by several thousand. But um, I can't imagine that these trends have, you know, dramatically closed gaps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I would argue this is probably one of the bigger driving factors, um, you know, outside of just like Rancho Cordova striving for more like independence and autonomy. I think this is probably a big part of it. Um I don't know enough to like add my opinion into the hat. I mean, I've heard, I've heard opinions thrown around. And so I, I think one of the hard things with the split is that at the end of the day, you would have to essentially double administrative resources that are currently being used because Rancho Cordova would need its own superintendent, its own cabinet staff, you know, its own school board. And right now they all run off of one like copy of that. And so I think there's a huge cost concern and that's my, uh, what I, I predict will the feasibility study will kind of reveal is that there would be a huge financial burden placed immediately that, you know, might, might be a little, but might be infeasible to do in the short term. But um, yeah, that's my understanding so far. Well, I could see it like a hypothetical, like, okay, this, this is my, maybe like steel man case of the split. Um, like, okay, so I'm I'm Rancho Cordova. Uh, I want the split. And I feel like that the, not only is the Folsom Cordova Unified School District um, misallocating resources, meaning like not giving Rancho Cordova as much, as many resources as they should. But I also feel like there is uh, like a level of bloat in the Folsom Cordova Unified School District. And we actually want to have our own school district so that 
our constituents can vote on exactly the type of staff and uh, facilities and um, personnel that is needed for what we want. And what we want may be much less and much more targeted than what Folsom wants. And it's okay that Folsom wants uh, you know, a, a wide variety of resources, a wide variety of programs and support for uh, you know, different types of schools doing all kinds of different programs. But you know, we at Rancho Cordova may only we only want like some fraction of those things. And so why should we have to like subsidize all the people in Folsom and what they want uh, at the expense of what we want? So that, that's like, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a pretty sensible financial case from Rancho Cordova's point of view. Because like, right, like just because you would have to, I mean, like doubling the resources assumes like no change in how they decide to govern their school district. But maybe that's like part of the impetus for the split is that they want control and governance over their school districts in the way that they want. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. They, they just want to allocate resources how they want and they don't feel like it's being allocated fairly. Yeah, yeah, that, that to me, I think like, you know, that I think that summarizes the sentiment right now. And so, you know, it's uh, it's it's not it's not to say that, you know, the perspective is, you know, like in any way not valid. I think it's yeah, it's just a matter of like, can it be done? And so that's why that's why this feasibility study is going to be very important. And so mm -hmm. very curious, like the results, you know, that we we see from it. Um, So Justin, Justin, do you have a, any any like additional things or any thoughts on this? No, I mean, I guess I'm just curious to see if, you know, we're kind of expecting the feasibility study to say it's not feasible, but if there's anything else that could come out of that, like saying, oh, well, while it may not be a good idea to split up the school district, we did identify one, two, and three things that you can do now to improve conditions um, that are underlying the argument for splitting it up. Yeah. Do you guys know why it's called a feasibility? Like, what exactly is infeasible about splitting? I think, if, and I really don't know, like, what the scope of a feasibility study is. Um, I mean, I think that's just like a fascinating topic, but I, my understanding is they're going to look at like financials a lot, hmm. you know, like uh, because school budgets are right, get handed down by the state. And so, you know, there's probably a whole myriad of criteria for like what your budget might be, depending on like what district you are in or what the size of your district is and stuff. Um, so they're probably going to like, take a look at financials would be my number one guess. I That that would make sense to me and really connect to what Darvish's question about feasibility would be, because if it takes a certain amount of money to start your own administrative structure, like say $500,000 or something like that, and they just fundamentally like can't raise those funds, then, you know, you could split the district, but then they can't feasibly start it up as a new district. So that would make sense as a connecting thread. What if Rancho Cordova felt like it could save so much money that it was like willing to pay for Folsom's half? Do you think that ideologically Folsom would still agree, or or sorry, they would still disagree to the split? I I would see Folsom disagreeing on the grounds of they would feel like they're being controlled budgetarily. Interesting. Mm. That's I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's kind of hard to argue. It's it, that is that is true. Like, I... We will pay you to split. Like, we, like, you could have as many, like, ideological qualms as you want, but if it's financial, then, you know, we'll, we'll like, put out the money. I mean, look, I, I doubt that this would happen, but I, I don't know. It's interesting thinking of these hypotheticals because then it, it really, like, I don't know, like, the rubber hits the road of, like, okay, like, why do you actually disagree? Um, and so, 
As it stands right now, the current school district's headquarters is in Rancho, right? Or is it on the edge of Folsom? Like where I know it's between the two, but like where does it fall? I think it is technically you know, in Folsom. Okay. Is it? Oh, I would right, imagine one would have a stronger claim to it based on where it lands. It's in the uh, it's right next to the like Folsom Auto Mall. So, okay, so yeah, Folsom. maybe it's still technically in Folsom's claim. Actually, actually wait, do, do you want to go to FolsomMaps.com? I, I think I actually have sure. this part. I don't have the part south of 50. Is this I a demo? Know. Live demo for the users? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the website is constantly up. I actually don't have like a like a test version of the website where I like push changes and things like that. Um, oh, yeah. That loading animation is new. Yeah, so I think you can nice. zoom in on the. It's over here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, on the other side of that off ramp, the left side. Yeah, where it says like Alder Creek near like Pulse Mall. Oh, oh, I think yeah. so. Okay, so it might be just outside because I know it's on the south. Yeah, yeah. because it's off of Atlanta. Or, yeah, or, but I wonder yeah. if that's part of the south of fifty. That okay, that, that would actually be very interesting, if the Temple. the. Um, Folsom right there, plan. yeah, yeah. The Folsom building, plan area yeah. like includes the oh building. strategic. Yeah. That was that was the game plan of Folsom all along. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah, I wonder if yeah. it actually is or not in Folsom, but mm. but that would that would be. I mean, I don't I don't know because it is just. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just office space. You know, I don't know how much. I mean, it's true, but like, I, I mean, of an it's argument. A big building. It is a big building. It's not going to be cheap to buy an equivalent size building somewhere else. That yeah, that's true. Although I think office lease rates. That's true. Know, are, I, I was going to say actually, it might be. Like really, <laughs> yeah, in Denny Triangle here in Seattle, you know their uh, vacancy rate is high. I'm sure you can get some you know office space for cheap. I hope they all know. bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Not an endorsement. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you guys have any other thoughts on uh, school district stuff? Uh. Not really. I mean, yeah, I guess I, I don't know. Yeah, the financials thing is just like really interests me because I could also, I don't know, I, I could see a pretty strong argument for the smaller a school district, like the more focused they can be. Like they don't have this like long tail of things that they have to accommodate. Uh, Especially because there's that requirement where you got to spend an equivalent proportion per student. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But then again, it, it could also be that the state of california has so many requirements that it almost like necessitates a school district of a minimum size to accommodate you know all those programs and things so i don't know yeah okay. it'd be fa it'll be fascinating to follow i'm I, I think this is something that you know even as we touch upon additional subjects going forward and you know different episodes something we'll want to return to because it has you know, a it's 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 a, an immediate and you know has a relatively like high level of impact for you know Folsom mm -hmm. residents if such a change were to go through. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I will stop sharing then, um, and we can say that we hope we informed some of our viewers with this. Um, we'll definitely be doing follow ups. Um, and thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye.